So welcome to the second episode of the Bad Gamer Podcast. My name is Paul, I am the Bad Gamer. You can see me at twitch.tv slash badgamer, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. For some reason my voice is being weird today, so I don't know why I'm drinking water. Puberty. Yeah, it hasn't broken yet. Sit next to me is my girlfriend. Introduce her. Oh, hello. Hello. I'm yeah. Al. <laughs> so, <clears throat> for people who haven't heard before, we did one previous episode about serial killers. Uh, and yeah, the reaction was fun. People seemed to like it. Yes. So, we decided to do another episode. Obviously, we're not going to do one episode and just leave it at that. But can't this, just do that. You can't just do that. So, this is going to be the tricky <laughs> second album. Second album? Oh, like, you know, like you know how they release the first album. Almost like a like a second movie, <coughs> like a, like. A, oh yeah, like a sequel. Sequel. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. But today we're going to do it about cults. Cults. Yes. So. Do love us some cults. We do love some cults. I I must say, <clears throat> similar to Syracuse, I find that cults are just as uh, fascinating, probably even more so, because they get people to do shit that is just insane. And. I also love cults. <laughs> As a thing you love. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you've you've signed up to a few, haven't you? I have. <laughs> you're not supposed to tell people that. <laughs> I tried a couple. Yeah. No, I have never signed up for a cult unless well, you want to call religion a cult. Oh, yeah. Cult take. Okay. Anyway. Well, I, I find for me personally, I find. <clears throat> I I I again. Warning: Some people might get offended, but I find a religion. What's the What's the difference between a religion and a cult? You know. There. Okay. Because the reason there why there are differences. There are differences, I guess, but. There are. What are they? Well, there's different things. So, the, <laughs> so the reason why I bring that up. Like religions just don't go and kill hundreds of people true like i mean okay everything can be argued because yeah. you could obviously say that like well christians in the past it, you know. christians you know the crusades just went and fucking killed, killed loads of people yeah but yeah it basically it, it, there is like a there is like a we're getting into the weeds of it now yeah <laughs> there is like a definition of one like cult so, religions and then a definition of cult yes. but there are similarities and differences between both. The reason Let's why I bring up <clears throat> the reason why I bring it up is because I took a general elective on religion in my college, and the the guy said, "What's the difference between religion and cults?" And no one could actually answer it because they're like, "Well, you know, some people in religion they go to a church. You as well, you you can find that in certain cults. They go to a place of worship." Yeah. So it's very much there's a thin line between there is like, a thin line, like some yeah. people say that Scientology is a cult. And for a while I did think that, but I think maybe in 2,000 years' time... Scientology is not a kill. A cult. I said a kilt. kilt. (laughs) Scientology Um. is not a kilt. Um, Scientology is not a cult. And I will, like... I could talk about that forever. Yeah. Um, It is not. It's not, yeah. Sure, maybe when it started. Maybe. Yeah. but Just like Catholicism or Christianity when it started, obviously, was probably a cult. In 2,000 years' time, we could be seeing Scientology as a massive religion. Like a world religion. Yeah. It's already already on its way. Yeah. Um, But you took a course in religion in school, and my degree, (laughs) my university degree is in religion... And culture. <laughs> uh, we say as we sat, sit and next to so, loads of books on Islam and yeah, Judaism. I do have loads of books on different religions here. Yeah. Um, 
So, and I did take a lot of courses. Of course, all of them were religion-based, and a couple of them included So why cults. did you become a nun? <laughs> why didn't I become a nun? Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so I, that's probably where all my interest comes from, and then, cool. of course, your interest as well. I'm interested in the darker side of cults. Yeah, that's of course. Opinion. Who wouldn't be? So... Apparently, in modern English, a cult is a social group that is defined by its unusual religious, spiritual, or philosophical beliefs, or by its common interest in a particular personality, object, or goal. Now, an older sense of the word cult is a set of religious devotional practices that are conventional within their culture. So, actually, the word cult is derived from the word culture. Yes. And anyway, uh, an offering associated with a particular place or a particular figure. And also, it could be a derived sense of ex- excessive devotion. So, someone who's excessively devoted in something could be cult-like. So, like yeah. any other religion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I picked out five cults. Some are funny. Some are really, really messed up. So, trigger warning. Some things may sound quite disturbing. I find it all fascinating, but some of the things I'm going to talk about will gross you the fuck out. So oh, either tri- stop listening if you keep don't want to hear it, no, no, or no, keep no. listening. Keep listening, okay. just grow a figure of skin. So as I was saying, some of them will be um, uh, pretty messed up, and some of them are funny. Uh, all of which, all of them are mental. So, mental. Oh, and so previously when we did a serial killer uh, podcast, we did a rate of 10 out of scariness. you ask me to rate them again? Yes. I'm going to rate them at how mental they are. How mental? Yeah. So if they're really mental, give them a 10. If they're kind of in the middle, you know, you get the gist. I get the gist. I yeah. got it. All right, cool. So the first one, one we're knocking out the park, is Raylism. Raylism. How do you spell it? R-A-E with an umlaut, L-I-S-M. Okay. So, okay. so Raylism, also known as Raylianism, is, is a UFO religion Ooh. that was founded in 1970s France by Claude Varallon, who is now known as Rail. So he's no longer called Claude Varallon, he's mm-hmm. called Rail. So he put himself as the leader. I know, it's a bit big-headed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the group is formalised as the International Raelian Movement, IRM for short, or Raelian Church, a hierarchical organisation under Rail's leadership. And can I say, I'm really proud that I said hierarchical on the first talk. Hierarchical? Yeah, I didn't edit it's that bit out. One. It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was trying to get that ready, so I you did that on the first go. Great. High five. <laughs> so Raelianism teaches that an extraterrestrial species known as the Elohim created humanity using their advanced technology. So similar to Scientology. Scientology. Yeah. An atheistic religion, so they don't believe in a god. It believes that the Elohim have mis- historically been mistaken for gods. It holds that throughout history the Elohim have created 40 Elohim slash human hybrids who have served as prophets preparing humanity for news about their ultimate origins. Love it. Among those listed are prophet, as prophets are the Buddha, Jesus of Nazareth, mm-hmm. and Muhammad, with mm-hmm. Rael himself being the 40th and final prophet. So not only has he named himself after the religion, or named the religion after himself, he's also named him, I'm the final one. I'm the final mm-hmm. prophet. No one's going to come and, you know, come next. Mm-hmm. So you can talk about it. You start thinking about what, what well, he is. Well, I mean, all cults, um, their leaders are ca- charismatic leaders. And so, they're also cults of personality. Yeah, they're they've just like, they've got certain characteristics about themselves that uh, they are like the be all end all. Oh, yeah, they're the, they're the ones that will save everyone. Yeah, from, from they have that whole type of mindset. Mindset, that's yeah. the word. 
Surrealists believe that since the Hiroshima bomb of 1945, humanity has entered an age of apocalypse in which it is threatening itself with hu- nuclear annihilation. Which isn't actually crazy to think about. No. Like, you know. I mean, this is all pretty. <laughs> yeah. It argues that humanity must find a way of harnessing new scientific and technological development for peaceful ends. And that once this has been achieved, the Elohim shall return to Earth to share their technology with humanity and usher in a utopia. So to this end, the Raelians have been committed to building an embassy for the Elohim, incorporating a landing pad for the latter spaceship. I don't know if they've actually built the embassy or the spaceship yet. But just in case I thought I'd, oh, that's been added in. Hmm. Raelians promote a liberal ep- ethical system with a strong emphasis on sexual experimentation, engage in daily meditation, and hope for physical immortality for human cloning. So that bit at the end is where they go a bit crazy. So on the surface, their values are quite agreeable, considering they advocate world peace, democracy, hmm. non-violence, and a liberal view of sexuality. But of course, they're fucking mental. So. Do you want to go into why they're mental? Do I want to? Yes. Well, we have to for the premise well, yeah, of this podcast. 100%. Sorry. <laughs> what if I said no? Just end the podcast. Okay. So that's the end of that one. <laughs> so, Raelians uh, reject the existence of the ethereal soul that survives physical death, and instead argue that the only hope for humanity is through scientific means. Okay. The Raelians claim that the Elohim will clone and thus recreate dead individuals, but only those whom they feel merit this recreation. So the resurrection of Jesus, as recounted in the Gospels, is for instance explained as an example of Elohim cloning. So they believe that Jesus was resurrected by cloning. Okay, cool. I mean, Jesus is also a zombie. So. This, is where it all, <laughs> this is where it also goes crazy. Yeah. Raelians also believe that the deceased individuals can be cloned so they can be put on trial and punished for their crimes. Rael expressed an interest in cloning Adolf Hitler for war trials and retroactive punishment. The guy is dead. <laughs> Like, but I also feel like he's probably not the first person to think, to think like that. After September, <laughs> after September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks in the United States, in which the attackers committed suicide, the Raelists proposed that they could be resurrected through cloning to stand trial for their actions. Mm. Is he still alive, the leader? I think so, yeah. Okay. I don't know about that. I mean, if it was created in the 70s. Yeah. As opposed to the scientific definition of reproductive cloning, which is simply the creation of a genetically identical living thing, Raelians seek to both genetically clone individuals, rapidly accelerate growth of the cloned adulthood for a process like guided self-assembly of rapidly expanded cells or even nanotechnology. So they think they can get them from birth to adult through nanotechnology. Rael told lawmakers that banning the development of human cloning was comparable to outlawed medical advances such as antibiotics, blood transfusions and vaccines. So... Rail founded Valiant Venture Limited Corporation in 1997 to research human cloning. The company name was later changed to Clonade and was handed over to Raelian Bishop Bridget Boisilia, sorry about the pronunciation, in 2000. In 2002, uh, as chief executive of Clonade, said that a human baby named Eve was conceived through cloning technology. Wow, there's a lot of... Uh, cloning going on. Not that. There's just like a lot of Christian undertones. And yeah. A lot of, not just Eve. Christian, but <clears throat> Islamic and yeah, yeah. Judaism. So, the announcement ignited much media attention, ethical debate, doubts, criticism, and claims of a hoax. Spokespeople for the event, including Rail, have suggested that this is one of the first steps in achieving a more pro- important agenda. They say that through cloning, they can combine and accelerate growth process with some form of mind transfer and in such may achieve eternal life. The child was never represented 
uh, never presented for scrutiny by scientists. Thus, the IRM's allegations regarding baby Eve were never substantiated by the scientific community. So we never, we've never seen this baby. Okay. In January Mystery 2003, baby. huh? Mystery baby. I know. In January 2003, the Raelians declared that their parents of Eve had gone underground to evade attention. Mm. The appearance of baby Eve gained the Raelians much international press coverage, with the group claiming this publicity brought it around 5,000 new members. But Boisilia periodically announced that further clones um, uh, had been born in the Netherlands, Japan, South Korea, and Australia. Although the press increasingly believed the situation was a hoax and started boycotting their press conferences. In January 2003, Rail announced Bosler as his appointed successor. So she now runs the whole game. Okay. Where are they based? Do you know? Uh, France. Oh, in France. Okay. So. Interesting. I yeah. don't even know if I'd call them a cult. You wouldn't even call them a cult? They haven't killed anyone. Well, what are they doing to harm people? Nothing they haven't yet. harmed anyone. No, they haven't got any of that stuff. And there's no, yeah, there's no. <clears throat> yeah, there's well, it's it's very much a just a weird thing. But you could say the reincarnation of Jesus was a weird thing. People believe that Jesus died and was buried and came back three days later. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, it's weird how a cult or what they see as a cult has got groundings in certain religions that are I don't mainstream. think that's weird I think that's very normal no 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 I know <laughs> but it's weird how one is seen as a cult one's like crazy yeah. and weird and another is seen as a main mainstream religion I don't think I would see them as a cult no no that's what I'm, but I'm like yeah ma- people people see, do see them, see as, them a as a cult right yeah I get that yeah yeah but yeah. you can say well there's a there's in one religion we have a baby being born without any dad we have the immaculate conception of jesus yeah and that's seen as poor joseph <laughs> poor joseph yeah <laughs> she definitely fucking played around <laughs> oh yeah god uh, god yeah this yeah yeah, yes. yeah. spirits yeah <laughs> don't look at him don't look at him don't look at him don't, don't answer questions he's definitely under fucking some yeah so out of 10 what do you rate them mental? as mental yeah like one. One. So I won't even like, like yeah. let them be them, you know. Yeah. Like, let them be them. Go do your science experiment. Do do yeah. Go and do your cloning. Your orgies. And... <laughs> I don't think they did any orgies. Oh no, they did it? sexual experimentation. Yeah. Mm. So I guess. Yeah. I'm yeah. calling orgies. Also, they like they <laughs> call them orgies. <laughs> also, they 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 advocate world peace, democracy, non-violence, yeah. and a liberal view of sexuality. So sure. they're not exactly a bad. They're not like running around and killing people. Killing people. On that note, we move Uh-oh. on to our second one. The killer. So this is the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. So from the get-go, you know this is going to be mental. That's a long name for a religion. Say it like, again. Movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. So like you know when people go it's up to go, I know. Um, you know when people come up to you and say, "Oh, what's your?" Well, they will never go up to you and say, "What's your religion?" But like same <laughs> conversation, same conversation, they'll say to you like, they'll say like, um, you know, religious. Like, what's your like in conversation with someone? They'll be like, "What's your religion?" and stuff. And you say, "I'm Islamic," or "I'm Jew," I'm a, a Jew, or "I'm Christian," or something mm-hmm. like that. Imagine you said. Well, I'm part of the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. You'd be like, well, I beg your pardon? I'd be like, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> right, so these ones, they're a bit grisly, so we'll take a break after this one. So, the movement... break? Yeah, we'll have a little break. <laughs> so, the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God, and let me 
just preface this beforehand. Um, some of the pronunciation in this will be bad. So I apologize. I'll try my best. So it was a religious movement founded by Credonia Merende, Joseph Kibritir, and B. Tat in Uganda. It was formed in the late 1980s after Merende and Kibritir claimed that they had seen visions of the Virgin Mary. So nothing crazy yet. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Yeah. The five primary leaders were Joseph Kibritir, Joseph Kasapureri, John Kamogara, Dominic Katarobabu, and Credonia Merende. So all men? No, there was one, two, three, four. Four men, one woman. Okay. Yeah, Credonia was a woman. Okay. Right. The goals of the movement for restoration of the Ten Commandments of God were to obey the Ten Commandments and preach the word of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. They taught that to avoid damnation in the apocalypse, one had to strictly follow the commandments. The emphasis on the commandments was so strong that the group discouraged talking for fear of breaking the Eighth Commandment, thou shalt not bear fault witness against thy neighbour. And on some days, communication was only conducted in sign language. Fasts were conducted regularly, and only one meal was eaten on Fridays and Mondays. Sex was forbidden, as was soap. So they were smelly little bastards as well. And they can only eat two days a week? No, only on only one meal was eaten on Fridays and Mondays. So the rest of the week was fine. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So movement leaders declared that the apocalypse would occur on December 31st, 1999. So there's a bit of like doomsday cultishness mm-hmm. to this. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be one without. Yeah. The group had a strong emphasis on an apocalyptic end time, highlighted by their booklet, A Timely Message from Heaven, The End of the Present Time. New members were required to study it and be trained in its text. Reading it as many times as, as six times. They had to read it as many as six times to get the gist of it. So they also taught that the Virgin Mary had a special role in the end and that she also communicated with their leadership. They held themselves akin to Noah's Ark, a ship of righteousness in the sea of depravity. You know what? They're giving a lot more credit to uh, Mary. I know, which because is quite... people try to do that in Christianity and they kind of shut that down Yeah. so here, here for Mary. Yeah. Hashtag feminism. <laughs> so the movement developed a hierarchy... Hierarchy, fucking hell, of visionaries topped by Merende. Behind them were fir- former priests who served as theologians, theologians, and explained their messages. Although the group had split from its cap- from the Catholic Church, they had Catholic icons placed prominently and defrocked priests and nuns in its leadership. Ties to the church were only tenuous. So this is going to give you a bit of a background to the religion. Okay. The recent past of Uganda had been marked with political and social turmoil. The rule of Idi Amin the AIDS pandemic and the Ugandan bush war wreaked havoc across the country. People became pessimistic and fatalistic and the established Roman Catholic Church was backsliding, enveloped in scandals and the faithful were becoming dissatisfied. So in this void many post-Catholic groups formed in the late 80s as a confused and traumatised populace turned to charismatic self-declared messiahs who renounced the authority of the government and the church. So, with the new year looming, activity by uh, movement members became frenzied. Their leaders urged them to confess their sins in preparation for the end. Clothes and cattle were sold cheaply and past members were re-recruited. January 1st passed without the event of the advent of the apocalypse and the movement became to unra- began to unravel. Uh. So it's always fun. I always find like people are like, oh, when they're waiting, counting down, expecting the world to fucking end and then mm-hmm. it doesn't. Like, where, where would you be? So... Questions were asked of Merende and Kibritir, and payments to the church decreased dramatically. 
Ugandan police believed that some members who had been required to sell their positions and turn over their money to the movement rebelled, rebelled and demanded the return of their money. It is believed that the events that followed were orchestrated by sect leaders in response to the crisis in the ranks. First mistake, though. What's that? Putting the end of the world way too soon. I know, I know. You, you, you like, kind of, you, you, you've got to do a bit like hold out treats yeah. and let them think that it's going to happen, but never actually you want, happen. You know, you want to keep your membership up. So. You want to keep it going. Gotta, yeah. Gotta, I always gotta. find these doomsday cults are just so weird because there's an end time to it. So what's the means to, like, do you know what I mean? Like, but don't, like, I mean, religions have doomsdays. Do they? I guess. Of course. The Book of Revelations of Christianity. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. Okay. Okay. Cool. I got <laughs> scored on that one. All right. So another date was immediately predicted. So they're like, bollocks. We, we done goofed. Wrong date. And they went back to their calculations. And it was March 17th, 2000 was the new end of the world. A doomsday, they said, would come with ceremony and finality. Oops, we miscalculated. I know, yes. Yeah, like, oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> Oh shoot. <laughs> Mary, 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 we done goofed. Mary. Tell us <laughs> Mary, help us out. Mary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And get on the phone to Mary, see what she says. So with ceremony and finality, according to the New York Times. The movement held a huge party at Kanungu, where they roasted three balls and drank seventy crates of soft drinks. We gotta get those soft drinks. I find that such a funny little uh, bit of information. Like, <laughs> drink it all. <laughs> Seventy crates of soft. The amount of gas coming out of them. They must have been burping like no one's business. Burping. So minutes after the members arrived at the party, nearby villagers heard an explosion, Uh-oh. and the building was gutted in an intense fire that killed all 530 in attendance, That's not including dozens of children. The windows and doors of the building had been boarded up to prevent people from leaving. That's so, horrible. Yeah. The fire alerted the Ugandan authorities as to what had been occurring in the movement. Several days before movement leader Dominic Katarababu was seen buying 50 litres of sulfuric acid, (laughs) which may have started the fire. I love how they say, which may have started the fire. Like, not the 70 crates of soft drinks and the free balls, but the... (laughs) Imagine that, he goes to, like, Costco, he's like, ah, get the free balls, get the 70 crates of of drinks. He was probably just like, if I get normal things with the sulfate, they won't know. It's like when someone goes to buy a condom, and they put condoms up and then put something else there. I didn't actually come here for that. I wasn't on, I wasn't, she ain't waiting for me back home. I've got some shit to do whilst I I thought I might as well. It's an add-on. Yeah. So yeah, Uh, we're making fun of people dying, which is horrible. I'm not making fun of people dying. They thought that like, no one thought that was suspicious. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Another party was planned for the 18th, which officials believe sect leaders had announced in order to mislead authorities as to their plans. The five principal cult leaders were assumed to have died in the fire. Mm. Four days after the church fire, police investigated movement properties and discovered hundreds of bodies at sites across southern Uganda. So not only was the 505, uh, 530 people who were burnt alive dead, there was more. Six bodies were discovered sealed in the latrine of the Kunungun uh, Gu, uh, compound, as well as 153 bodies at a compound in Buhangu. 155 bodies, sorry about the, pres- uh, the pronunciations, I'm terrible. 155 bodies at Dominic Katarababu's estate at Rugazi where they had been poisoned and stabbed, and another 81 bodies lay at leader Joseph Nurmurinda's farm. Police uh, stated that they had been murdered about three weeks before the church inferno. Other than the individuals uh, individuals who died in the fire, 
medical examiners determined that the majority of dead sect members had been poisoned. Early reports suggested that they had been strangled based on the presence of twisted banana fibers found around their necks. The final death toll was 924. Jeez. After interviews and an investigation was conducted, the police ruled out a cult suicide and instead considered it to be a mass murder conducted by movement leadership. They believed that the failure of the doomsday prophecy led to a revolt in the ranks of the sect and the leaders set a new date with a plan to eliminate their followers. The discovery of the bodies at other sites, the fact that the church had been boarded up, the presence of incendiaries, and the possible disappearance of set leaders all point to this theory. Additionally, witnesses said the movement leadership had never spoke of mass suicide when preparing members for the end of the world. A survivor recalled meeting a devout member of the cult with nails and a hammer on his way after he had left the cult. It is believed he is the one who shut the windows with nails to prevent anyone from escaping. Did all the leaders die? Although, uh, I'll get to that, although it was, it was initially assumed that the five leaders died in the fire, police believe now believe that Joseph Kibwita and Crudonia Merende may still be alive uh, and have issued an international warrant for their arrest. I was going to say, I'd be, I'd be very surprised if all the leaders were dead. Yeah. Because I feel like that's unusual. Yeah. So in 2014, it was announced by the Uganda National Police that there are reports that Kribbutair was hiding in Malawi. Mm. So there's thoughts that they are still alive and kicking. I believe it. Yeah. I believe so, it. So what do you think? A bit of a grizzly one. That is yeah, still nothing. Still, still nothing to what comes up. No, I would still like for me. Then I would be like, "Hey, that's a call." That's a call. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like they're it's doing insidious. horrible things. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. just they're. They, the, the power that they had to make their people not talk to each other, yeah. to not to only eat certain days, to yeah. not use soap, to not have sex. Yeah. That's a control. I feel that's probably what... I guess there's control in religions as well. Yeah. But I feel like there's control in cults that, like, down to your very thought patterns, your very movements, yeah. what you do, what you say. Like, what you, almost like the psychology of a person is yeah. been completely... I guess you could say brainwashed, but brainwash is a term that I don't really like to... Around. To throw around just because you can use that for like anything. anything. Right, so that's the second one. We'll take a little break now and we'll be back in a bit. To rate it. Oh shit. Oh sorry about that. Yeah, out of ten, what do you give them? Ten. You give them a ten? I just think it's it's messed up. up. Yeah. Okay, cool. Alright. No, uh, not okay. <laughs> not okay. Alright, break time. So we're back. We're back for the second part. Yes, Just after yes, the back. back, back, back again. So <laughs> number three on the cults list. Yeah. And let me let us just say that uh, even though we're taking the piss out of religion and being like dismissive, we do we must stress that we respect everybody's decisions in which religions they follow yeah. and adhere to. Yeah. And no judgments or no judgments. anything like that. Yeah. So we you, love everybody. We don't want people to get offended if we if we say that religions are such and such. Yeah. Or I if consider, we make fun of anything. Or anything like that. I consider myself an atheist, and therefore I don't believe in any, any religion. But I just wanted people like my mum's a devout Irish Catholic, so I'd be I'd be it'd be hypocritical of me to yeah. to to rip into religion when my mum is is yeah. a religious person. It just comes down to respect, you know? Exactly. Respect you, each other's and respect 
Yeah. Believe what you want to believe. Exactly. But yeah, of course, as long as it's not harming anyone. Yeah. Believe what you want to believe, but don't harm anybody or anything for that matter. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, cult numero tres, number three. <laughs> ho no hana san poggio. Sounds like a song. I know. Right. Oh no, Hanya. <laughs> yeah. So the Jap- this one's funny. So this is not. This is a funny. This is a good one. This Are you is breaking them up. Yeah. This one, <laughs> hopefully, all people will find funny because um, the last one was a bit tough. Yeah. yeah. So the Jap- Japanese sect Hono Hana San Poggio was a new religious movement founded by His Holiness Hogan Fukunaki. Oh. It is often called the Foot Reading Cult because its founder claimed he could make a diagnosis by examining people's feet. That's cool. Yeah. He founded the group in 1987 after an alleged spiritual event where he claimed to have realized he was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ and the Buddha. Yeah. The group at one time... So the two of the big ones there. The group at one time claimed to have 30,000 members. So, Fukunaki uh, started preaching in 1980. He was then 34 and settled with 500 million yen of debt. And sorry, this was in... 1980s. Oh, sorry, no, like where? Japan. Got it. Yeah. Um, So he was saddled with 500 million yen of debt. I don't know how much that is in today's money or in in what currency, but... Well, it's obviously in Japanese currency, but I don't know how much that would be. But it sounds like a lot. So, soon he became a household name through the publication of texts... Nearly 70 at the latest count penned by ghostwriters. In 1987, the sect gained official recognition as a religious corporation. Now, this is where it gets a bit bit weird. In a twist on palm reading, Fukunaki and other cult leaders read, read the souls of people's feet. They charged $900 per reading. This is where Get it gets... Get the money. Yeah, yeah. They, so, they told their victims... People love this shit, though. Oh, People fuck, yeah. go for... Palm reading, reading psychic yeah. reading. Yeah. I mean, I have, so. Have you? Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. I think I've told you. Have you? Maybe. I can't remember. <laughs> so they told the victims who visited the cult for counseling about physical or family problems that they their problems would worsen unless they attended a cult seminar, which cost 2.25 million yen or donated up to 14.3 million yen to the cult. That's so specific. So basically, was he just trying to pay off his debt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, let me look at your feet. I'm Jesus Christ and Buddha, so... Let me me read your feet. (laughs) Did he have a foot fetish? He might have done. I think he did. So they used shocking words to fuel their concern, falsely claimed their diseases could be cured through training in this cult, and swindled Mm -hmm. exorbitant amounts of money from them. So not only are you paying to read for me or for me for him yeah to read their feet yeah in order to be cured you also have to pay to be in this cult oh yeah and yeah. get your medication yeah. Yeah. so they were urged to purchase high-priced scrolls and other ornaments that were said to ward off evil cure illnesses deliver from sin and break family curses mm. the intimidation was often accompanied by specific threats a victim was coerced during a number of visits by cult officials to shell out another 22,000 dollars for a five-day training seminar at the cult's sprawling headquarters below Mount Fuji. Mm. The purpose, he said, was to purify his uh, his mind and body. So they're paying him to purify his mind and body. That's mental. <laughs> the leader set cult. I smell a scam. I smell. I smell. Yeah. I, I think. I think I smell the smell of bullshit. <laughs> The leader set cult members strict recruitment goals in a bid to swell the group's ranks. So it's like a, it was almost like a, a 
uh, what's it, pyramid scheme. Yeah. Separate goals were set for each of the group's branch offices. When the cult's new facility was being built at a cost of 600 million yen, Fukunaki reportedly ordered cult members to work towards an even harder goal. Staff members eagerly studied Fukunaki's methods of threatening people to make them enroll in special training sessions. At these meetings, Fukunaki repeatedly said that lying was acceptable to lure people to enroll in the special training, going on to say, you should use your wisdom and say things, even if they may not actually be true. He explained that lies were acceptable as people would learn reason once they began their special training. The group prepared a manual to train people. So he's swindling people left, right and center. Yeah. Swindling people left, right and center. Fukunaki would wear $5,000 suits and custom-made Italian shoes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, right? It's as, not even... as with Jesus and the Buddha. <laughs> What's crazy about <laughs> Exactly. What's crazy about it is that he's not even being subtle. He's like, yeah, I'll wear a $5,000 suit. He's like, remember, you're paying for me. Well, that's what a lot of... Um, <clears throat> my voice went away there. Uh, tele-evangelists. Yeah. They, they thrive off people sending them money. And it's insane. I think. Watch what's that show? Righteous Gemstones. Oh yeah, Righteous so Gemstones. Good. On is H- good. HBO, HBO, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's a good, good. show. Like, Televangelism and how yeah. how it's on them. If you send them money, you'll get a seed, and you plant the seed. And That's then... not just televangelists or evangelists in general. That's a lot of religions. Oh yeah, a lot of religions built on money, <laughs> but it's it's just a brazenness of like you send me money and you'll get blessings out of it. But that's everybody. True. True. Alright, so his wife, according to senior cult members, regularly spent $6,000 to $7,000 a month shopping. Fukunaki reportedly obtained 60 billion yen from more than 10,000 people over the past 13 years, while he spent enormous amounts and enhances reputation as a religious leader by buying audiences with former Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev, Mm -hmm. Pope John Paul II, he met up with him, President Clinton, Mother Teresa, Margaret Thatcher, as well as other celebrities. Margaret Thatcher. I know, right? Fucking hell. <laughs> the founder was sentenced. I don't. It cuts straight to the founder. So I bet you he didn't even pay off that debt. I probably not. Bet you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The founder was sentenced to twelve years in prison for fraud. Fifteen senior cult members were charged with the mass fraud. Nine of the fifteen were given verdicts, were well, all of them convicted. Uh, prosecutors charged them with practicing medicine without a license. Fukunaki might yet face many sort of charges in the deaths of four recruits who died during rigorous initiation rites at Mount Fuji. Mm. So that's the Hono Hana Sanpoglia. Mm. Out of ten. Mentalness? It's like a five, isn't it? It's like a yeah, four. it's like a five. Because the thing that's mental about it is that people believe it. And again, I guess... But, that's, but I think that's also like a cultural thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know much about Japanese culture. But some cultures there's a huge um emphasis on spirits and yeah um curses and all True. that kind of stuff so if that's what like your culture is and you've grown up to believe that kind of stuff then yeah. then I it's mean, easy to you're yeah. easy you're right in there yeah, yeah i'll pay you whatever you want yeah so it's about a five i'd go four yeah four. Right? i mean i don't think it's like mental in terms of like, if it is true that, that those people did die because of whatever, which they probably did, like, that's not okay. Yeah. Um, but he, I don't know, it's, just, it's basically fraud. Like you said, it's like a pyramid. Scheme. Almost like a pyramid. Scheme, scheme of a cult. And, like, I'm sure within it he had people you have to pay to be a higher rank and all that stuff. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, you see that, too, with, like, Scientology and 
Yeah. And all of that, basically any religion you see that with, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It I is think interesting. He did have a foot fetish, though. Oh yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, I yeah. think he was like, yeah, I can get money out of this. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, get it. and pay off the the debts. Yeah. Yeah. So, numero four, number four, Chen Tao or True Wei, was a UFO religion that originated in Taiwan. It was founded by Hon Ming Chen. He first associated with, associated it with UFOs and later had the group misrepresented as a New Age UFO cult. Chen was a former professor who claimed to be an, uh, an atheist until he joined a religious cultivation group that dated back for two generations to the original female founder, teacher Yu Hsai Chen. But he broke from the group, headed by the third generation teacher in 1993, and created with another fellow cultivator their own groups. It was later when he broke um, into that separate group and decided to move to, to the US that new elements such as the pseudoscientific information of cosmology and flying saucers as well as Christian motifs of the prophecy of the end and great, the great tribulation were introduced into the group. So he's got a doomsday sort of situation. Mm. Doomsday and aliens. Yes. In Taiwan, the group was originally, re- originally re- officially registered as the Chinese Soul Light Research Association. When the group moved to the United States from Asia, it was registered in the U.S. as uh, God's Salvation Church and first relocated to San Dimas, California. Adherents then moved to Garland, Texas in 1997. So they're in Texas now. Oh, they're still around? Uh, No. There's a reason why. Got it. This is kind of funny as well. It's not. It's not. It's not a bad one. So the, this new religious movement was a mix of Buddhism, Taoism, and UFOlogy. Nice. It emphasised transmigration of souls with three souls per person, and placed great emphasis on spiritual energy, as well as um. So in, adherents also believed in outside outside souls, who basically acted as bad influences or even as demons in the human world. So Chen believed that the Earth went through five tribulations going back to the age of the dinosaurs. Each of these tribulations was survived by beings living in North America who were rescued by God in a flying saucer. So God nice. came down in this flying saucer and saved them five times. I kind of like history. this UFO, like UFOlogy. I think that'd be so cool. There's a lot of a lot of UFO religions. There's yes, a lot. Like the base. most famous one is Heaven's Gate, I think. And the reason why I chose these five cults. It's because they're not really well known. Yeah. So everyone knows about Heaven's Gate, the suicide cult, and stuff like that. Did you t- did you choose any Canadian? There is a Canadian okay, one coming cool, up. So cool. hold on to your hats, people. <laughs> so he believed the solar system is 4.5 trillion years old, or roughly 300 times the age science gives the, for the universe. Mm-hmm. And he also believed the solar system was created by a nuclear war. Right. So this is like where a nuclear get... war. Was cre- so the solar system by aliens? I don't know. Oh. It just yeah. He he must. He just says he believes <laughs> the solar system was cre- yeah. Just a nuclear war happened sporadically. Yeah. And the universe was by created by, by aliens. What? I don't know. But if there was nothing that existed before the universe, how is there a nuclear chicken war? or egg? That's what it is, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> so yeah, the group is best known. This is where it gets good for a highly publicized and failed millennial prophecy. Shortly after moving to Garland, Texas. Chen predicted that at 12.01 a.m. on March 31st, God would be seen on a single television channel all across North America. Whether or not the person had cable service was irrelevant to God's appearance on the channel. So, <laughs> so at 12 a.m., so 12.01... So if you're not seeing it, 
men who doesn't want you yeah, to yeah, see yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> and what's mental about it is like, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so the group reportedly moved to Garland because the name sounded like Godland. Oh, At the see. time, the group had roughly 160 members, 40 of which were children. Members purchased more than 20 houses in the upper middle class sub- South Garland neighborhood. This like, is in Texas? Texas, yeah. Okay. So like their neighbors, these followers were white collar professionals, some of whom were reportedly wealthy. So this is a quote. They dressed in white, wore cowboy hats, and drove luxury cars. That Love sounds it. amazing. <laughs> they dressed it. in white, wore cowboy hats. That <laughs> sounds like Garth Brooks. Yeah. According to the Dallas Morning News. So yeah, they reportedly believed that two young boys in their group were the reincarnations of Judas, Jesus and Buddha. So yeah. So there's two more reincarnations of Jesus and Buddha. Gotcha. Cool. So the Garland Police Department, understanding the, polit- the potential, the potential gravity of the situation, coordinated resources, including Southern Methodist University student, religious studies professor Loney Cliver, and were on standby when the international media began arriving in what had previously been an upper middle class section of the Dallas suburb. Quoted, its presence unsettled many Garland's residents, wrote Adam Zubin in a law enforcement case study. They did not understand the group's different style of dress and behavior, and many feared violence. So this is around the time of Waco and a couple of other cults were like having like really like big standoffs and mm. people were, like it wasn't a good time for cults. Yeah. Like people, there were violent cults around this time. There's the Onish yeah. Rico in Japan that like with the Syrian attack. So people were ner- like, understandably nervous about what these people were. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, throughout the group stay, the police department maintained contact with community members and informed them of investigation developments and contingency plans for the community's well-being. So this is where it gets funny. So when the predicted appearance did not occur, the group became confused. <laughs> That's what it says. So, like, at 12 and 1, they're, like, counting down. Five, four, you know, one. And then there's just, like, nothing. The Ken- pinch each other. Pinch each other. Wait, are we here? <laughs> like the, the Chen Tao leader announced that he obviously had misunderstood God's plans, and members quietly returned to their homes. And so they just they're just like, I guess that's that. Wrote Zubin. Chen offered to be stoned or crucified for the event, but no one took him up on this offer. <laughs> He had early made. Uh, he had earlier also made a false prediction of finding a Jesus of the West who would look like Abraham Lincoln. So this guy, guy is obviously a bit fucking mental. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people thought that Jesus was like from the states. Oh yeah, that's so, well, Mormonism. Sure is yeah. it Mormons be based on that? I think there's a lot. I mean, there's like, like a, Jesus could, left. Yeah, where but there's he's... also like a Korean Jesus. Oh like, yeah, there's like yeah, so yeah, many. Yeah, yeah. So right, uh, <laughs> unlike other millennial religious groups, Chen Tao seems to have effectively fallen apart after its leaders' prophecies went unfulfilled. I just have this vision of them all like. So, like, it doesn't happen, and they just all just walk away. Just shrug it off, like, just oh like, well, like... We left our homes and family, and now we're in Texas. <laughs> wearing white, wearing white. cowboy hats. It's mental. Yeah. It's so okay. good. Immediately after the failed prediction, some of the members had to return to Taiwan owing to visa problems. In totally, total, roughly two-thirds abandoned the group. Later, the remaining members moved to Lockport, New York. They continued to wear cowboy hats, but began stating a war between China and Taiwan would lead to a nuclear holocaust that would result in much death. But also God would arrive in a God plane to save the members. They originally stated that this would occur in 1999, but later revised the date. 
So, whether Chen's house still exists is uncertain. The group entered a sharp decline after the failed prophecies, and virtually nothing was heard of it after 2001. The current whereabouts of Ho Hon Min Chen are unknown. That's funny, isn't it? That's funny. That's a good one. That's like, like a nice one. I, I thought I'd give you a nice one before the last Just one. Just like a... I don't It's funny. It's, yeah. It's so funny, though, like, what people will do to follow these leaders and these beliefs. And yeah. yet, like, just like in this one, they're, you know, didn't, end of the world didn't happen. And they're like, all right, well. <laughs> but the funny thing is, it, like, the funny thing is, Funny thing is, I can see me like, oh, give me, stone me, just stone me. I, I fucked up, I fucked up. And they're like, nah, it's all right. <laughs> like, like, nah, yeah. It's okay. They didn't take him up on the offer. Like, don't, worry, don't worry about it. We all make mistakes. Yeah. We all make mistakes. Hey, we're only human. Yeah. Or are we? We're aliens, you know? Maybe. So out of out of 10 out of the on the mental scale? It's not that mental. It's not that mental. I don't think it's that mental. It's funny, though. Yeah, it's like... It's cute. It's like a it's five. It's like cute, or... It's, yeah, but it's funny how all these people like just wore white and cowboy hats and just moved to Texas. So what you're saying is... We should wear white and wear cowboy hats. And move to Texas. I don't know about Texas, to be honest. I think you, your skin would burn. Oh, my skin would fucking burn. Yeah. yeah. I'd like a ghost in the white. <laughs> so, final cult. This is the tough one. Duh, duh, duh. This, so this is definitely... If you if you listen to this with people, if you've got a bit of a nervous disposition or if you feel a bit grossed out, this is the Canadian one. Yes, I left the Canadian Ooh. one to last. So the Ant Hill Kids, have you heard of these? Ant Hill Kids. Yes. I don't know. It sounds familiar a little bit. Okay. But I don't think I've really. <clears throat> okay, dokie. Let's start from the very okay, beginning. Okay, dokie. The Ant Hill Kids was a small religious group created by Roach Terriol in Brant River. Burnt River, Ontario. Wait, sorry, his name is Roach Terrio. Oh, okay. Uh, b- between 1977 and 1979. Terrio? I think it's like Thoreau. Thoreau, okay, yeah. sorry. Right. That's okay. Roach Thoreau in Burnt River, Ontario between 1977 and 1979. Where's Burnt River? I don't know. Wait, I want to look it up. Okay. How close was we'll it? We'll pause this now for her to look it up. So I looked it up. Cool. If anyone wants to know, lives in Ontario. Burnt River is kind of like Kawartha, Bob Cajun. Areas. Cool. So Faro, a self-proclaimed prophet under the name Mose or Moses, founded the Doomsday Cult in Quebec, based on Seventh-day Adventist Adventist church beliefs. Faro maintained multiple wives and concubines, impregnating all female members as a religious requirement and fathering 26 children. So he is, is. he's got some sperm in him. All right. So in the mid-70s, Faroe used his exceptional charismatic skills to begin to convince a group of people to leave their jobs and homes to join him in a religious movement. Faroe formed the cult in 1977 in St. Marie, Quebec, with the goal to form a commune where people could freely listen to his motivational speeches, live in unity and equality, and be free of sin. He prohibited the group from remaining in contact with their families, and with the Seventh-day Adventist Church, as this was against his cult's values of freedom. Thoreau's fear of the end of the world grew, claiming that God had warned him that it would come in February 1979, and used the commune to prepare for it. In 1978, in preparation, Thoreau moved his commune by hiking to a mountainside he called Eternal Mountain in San Joe, in the sparsely populated Gaspi Peninsula, where he claimed they could all be saved, 
There, Faro made the commune build their own town while he relaxed. So, t- sounds like a charismatic leader. Piss take. Imagine he's just chilling and they're making. But that's what they all do. I know. I know. They don't do anything themselves. And this is where, so yeah, comparing them to ants working in a ant hill, thus ma- naming <laughs> the group the Ant Hill Kids. I see. Yeah. Uh, in February 1979, when the apocalypse did not occur, people started questioning Faro's wisdom, but he defended himself, saying that time on Earth and in God's world were not parallel. And that therefore it was a miscalculation. Good swerve in it. Good safe. He's like, oh yeah, sorry, it's different. So, you know, uh, still build a commune to expand the community as well as keep the members devoted. Thoreau married and impregnated all of the women, fathering over 20 children with nine female members of the group. And by the 1980s, there were nearly 40 members. Followers were made to wear identical tunics to re- represent equality and their devotion to the commune. In 1984, the group re- relocated from Quebec to a new site near Burnt River, Ontario, a hamlet in central Ontario, now, p- now part of the city of Kawafa Lakes. There you go. Following the cults... So this is where it gets really bad. Okay. Fucking hell. Following the cults' formation, Faroe began to move away from being a motivational leader and his drinking problem worsened becoming increasingly totalitarian over the lives of his followers and irrational in his beliefs. Members were not allowed to speak to each other when he was not present, nor were they allowed to have sex with each other without his permission. Faro used his charismatic talents to cover for his increasingly abusive and erratic behaviour, and none of the other members questioned his judgement or openly blamed him for any physical, mental or emotional damage. Faro began to inflict punishments on followers that he considered to be straying by spying on them and claiming that God told him what they did. If a person wished to leave the commune, Faroe would hit them with either a belt or a hammer, suspend them from the ceiling, pluck each of their body hairs individually, or even defecate on them. That's fucked. Yeah, this is... This uh, is a cult. Yeah. The Anthill kids raised money by for selling by, um, baked goods, and members who did not bring in enough money were also punished. Over time, Faroe's punishments became increasingly vi- extreme and violent including making members break their own legs with sledgehammers, sit on lit stoves, shoot each other in the shoulders, eat dead mice and feces. A follower would sometimes be asked to cut off another follower's toes with wire cutters to prove loyalty. Oh, jeez. It gets, yeah, it gets even worse. The abuse extended to the cult's children who were sexually abused, held over fires or nailed to trees while other children threw stones at them. One of Faroo's wives left a newborn child outside to die in freezing temperatures to keep it away from the abuse. Faroe's attempted to backtrack to, to attempt attempted to backtrack to the original religious mi- mission of the commune, beginning to be strongly believe in purifying his followers and ridding them of their sins through abusive purification sessions, where the members would be completely nude as he whipped and beat them. Faroe claimed to be a holy being and started performing unnecessary amateur surgical operations on sick members to demonstrate his healing powers. Jeez. These surgeries include injecting a 94% ethanol solution in the stomachs or performing circumcisions on the children and adults of the group. In 1987, social workers removed 17 of the children from the group, from the, from the commune. However, Faroe however, faced no repercussions for his abusive acts. So he's, uh, he's living what life. What year was that? 1987. Right, in 1980, this is, this is bad. This is this is the piss take. This is it gets worse. Yeah. Okay, it, it carries on. In 1989, when follower Solange Ballard complained of an upset stomach, Faroe performed another amateur surgery without anesthesia. 
He laid her naked on the table and punched her in the stomach, then forced a plastic tube into her rectum to perform a crude enema with molasses and olive oil. He cut open her abdomen with a knife and ripped off part of her intestine with his bare hands. Oh my god. Ferro made another member, Gabrielle Lavallee, stitch her up using needle and thread and had the other woman, woman shove a t- tube down her throat and blow through it. <sighs> Ballard died the next day from the damage inflicted by the p- procedures. Claiming to have the power of resurre- res- res- resurrection, Ferro bore a hole into Ballard's skull with a drill and then had an, uh, other mem- male members along with himself ejaculate into the cavity. That's disgusting. <laughs> It's fucked, isn't it? So fucked. When Balud inevitably did not return to life, her corpse was buried a short distance from the Ant Hill Kids commune. I'm surprised she lasted till the next day. I know, to be right? Honest. That's fucked. Yeah. So Gabrielle Lavallee herself underwent harsh treatment at the Ontario commune during the late 80s, suffering welding torch burns to her genitals, a hypodermic needle breaking off in her back, and even eight of her teeth being forcibly removed. Oh. Lavallee attempted to escape from the commune after Thoreau cut off parts of her breast and smashed her in, head in with the blunt side of an axe. But upon her return, so she returned, he removed one of her fingers with wire cuppers, uh, wire cuppers, fucking it, wire cutters, pinned her hand to a wooden table with a hunting knife and then used a chainsaw to amputate her entire fucking arm. This is disgusting. It makes me want to throw up. I know, right? I left, that's why I said, I had to tell you this one's going to be rough. In 1989, Furrow was arrested for assault after Gabrielle Lavallee had fled the commune again and contacted authorities, effectively dissolving the Antill kids. Provincial authorities had long held suspicions against his cult due to the politically primitive living conditions of its membership, but because the commune was officially registered as a church, officials were legally unable to investigate the adults and could do n- not do much except ensure the welfare of the children. So. Basically, the province couldn't do anything. Wait, what? So, provincial <laughs> authorities had long held suspicions against Thoreau's uh, cult due to the particularly primitive living conditions of its membership. But because the commune was officially registered as a church, officials were unle- uh, uh, legally unable to investigate the adults and could do not do much except ensure the welfare of the children. So you're telling me... Well, Does they, that still exist today? I don't this know. This can exist today. It's mental, isn't it? Because that would mean like any place registered as a church could get away with anything. Could get away with anything. Well, I think I think once it gets into the realm of attempted murder and murder, then they can. But because yeah, they can't, they couldn't investigate the adults. But they can only ensure the welfare of the children. Yeah, but if if the adults are murdering, why can't they investigate that? I guess she raised. Well, she left and contacted the authorities finally. It's fucked, isn't it? So he he got sense. away. He got away for twelve years doing shit like this, right? Um, the vast, um, yeah. So uh, he was found guilty of assault for the amputation of Lavallee's arm and received a sentence of twelve years imprisonment. The vast majority of the cult's followers uh, abandoned Terro F- Federal after I keep saying his name wrong after okay. his arrest. But during his imprisonment, he fathered another four children, with re- remaining family members during conjugal visits. So they'd go visit him and he'd bang him up and then have four more kids. It's Jeez, crazy, isn't this it? This is insane. Lavallee's report allowed further investigation into Ferro's actions, exposing the wider abuses at the communes and Solange Ballard's murders. In 1993, he pleaded guilty to second-degree murder for the death of Solange Ballard and was sentenced to life imprisonment. 
On February 26, 2011, 64-year-old Farrow was found dead near his cell at Dorchester Penitentiary. His, de- his death is believed to be a result of an altercation with his cellmates, Matthew Gerard MacDonald, a 60-year-old convicted murderer from Port of Port, Newfoundland and Labrador, who was charged with the killing. MacDonald pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison, having already been serving a life sentence for a previous murder charge. MacDonald had stabbed him, stabbed Thoreau in the neck with a shiv, walked to the guard's station, handed him the, handed him the weapon and proclaimed, that piece of shit is dead, down on the range, here's the knife, I've sliced him up. So he's dead now. And people think Canadians are friendly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's mental, isn't it? That's mental. That is, takes that the is biscuit. That is like deranged. Yeah. That is horrible. Out of ten. Hundred million. <laughs> Like, that is just, like... <laughs> that like, is If you were insane. to say, do you think that's a cult? I'd be like, fuck yeah, that's, that's a, cult. a cult. That's the diction- dic- dictionary definition of a cult. That is beyond disgusting and horrible. Yeah. And fucked up and just insane. He was definitely... Crim- he was mentally, un- like, mentally ill. He obviously had psychopathic, sociopathic tendencies. And a lot of the people who were with him obviously believed that he was... Jesus incarnate or some sort of prophet and he just abused them and they let him do it yeah I mean that's a whole other thing to like kind of look into as to why people follow follow cults I mean a lot of it is like just as kind of like a I mean there's one aspect is like a belonging thing and, yeah you know they've got no direction they've they got no some... direction they don't yeah. they don't have family they don't have you know there's like tons of things that go into why people follow a cult cult and why they stay in cults or keep going back to cults yeah um but a lot of it is a lot of thoreau or whatever his name is um when you're reading that it kind of reminded me a lot of like jim jones yeah the people's temple because yeah. like jim jones in a lot of ways was had a lot of those characteristics as well yeah, yeah. which is like jim jones definitely uh there's a lot. There was a lot of abuse going on in, in Jonestown. Yeah. I I didn't re- raise Jonestown here because I thought to myself. It's a more well known. It's well known. Yeah. Everyone knows what happens. I mean, it's Everybody still a horrible don't thing. Know. It's just like you know the drink yeah. the Kool Aid reference. Everybody knows that's the Jim Jones. Yeah. But, but leading up to that, there was a lot of abuses. Like they'd put people in boxes. They'd he'd he'd physically, emotionally mm-hmm. manipulate them, abuse them. But the crazy thing is, is that like you. Um, you if you ever research any of these leaders like kind of just like their backgrounds and stuff like that you kind of like read it and you're like wow like some of these people sounded like amazing people oh yeah like case in point with jim jones like you would be like wow he did so many great things for people yeah at at the very beginning at the very beginning yes of course but like you know like power and it is it's like a power thing and you just you know you start to be like wow like he you know he had a traumatizing childhood and like he sought help for it through this and then you know like all this kind of stuff and you're like wow like he really turned himself around from his horrible childhood and you know he's trying to make good and trying to do good for other people because he never had that and then all of a sudden it just like (laughs) it's like a it just switches i think yeah it's insane you're like what happened what's also interesting as well is that um i find that a lot of these cult leaders have a sense of purging themselves of their own demons mm-hmm. by going through other people. Mm-hmm. So when they they've got their own demons, but when they go off and like abuse people and do their shit, they're doing it. They feel like they're doing it to themselves, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is why there's yeah. like this whole 
Yeah. It's fucked. So yeah, I left the last one. What do you think about that? I thought that last one was just horrific. <laughs> like, it makes me want to throw up. Like, yeah. I felt sick listening to that. Um, right. People are fucked up. All right, thank you everyone for listening. <laughs> thank you. Yes, I'm I hope you that. enjoyed that. <laughs> we'll end on that note, yeah. Um, thank you everyone for listening. I stream every Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Can be found on twitch.tv slash badgamer. Um, and yeah, we'll be back again in the not too distant future. Yeah. Take back. care. Bye bye. See ya. See ya. See ya. Bye bye. Bye bye. Have a good sleep after this. <laughs>